Welcome to Lexington Community Radio's own hot water cornbread. It's Tuesday afternoon, 2 o'clock. Time to talk a little bit. I'm Chris Michael. I'm here with Rona Roberts and in absentia today, Chef Wita Michael. Chef Wita Michael. She's working her tail <laughs> off at the horse sale right um, now. And that's new for her. She usually yes. just sort of fools around. Hi, Chris, and hi, guest, Hello. Tanya Torp. I, um, oops, missing page. Tanya Torp, I have this small intro I want to do for you, and then we're going to do the real thing a little okay. bit later. Okay. Tanya Torp, local activist, community organizer, motivational speaker, trainer, and entrepreneur. She is a fierce advocate for the community. She is most passionate about empowering others for the collective good. And I'm going to introduce her more fully as our show continues. But I'm so glad to have you. Thanks I'm for, so glad to be here. Thanks for taking time to be with Thank us. You. Um, so we always start with best bite or sip. And Chris, do you want to be in the best bite or sip group today? I'm, I'm trying to figure out which order we're going to go sure, in. Sure, I can participate okay would you like to go first sure well we and i uh, as you may know just got back from new york uh, city so you've been to best bite or sip heaven so we had lots of good stuff but mm, you one can thing have that, more than one, one you've, you've been away stands out is we went to a restaurant in brooklyn we stayed in brooklyn and um we uh, went to a restaurant called speedy romeo there's lots of pizza restaurants in brooklyn mm. so this was not this was a, a pizza restaurant uh, everything's cooked over wood, wood Speedy grill. Romeo. It's called Speedy Romeo, actually named after a horse. Oh. <laughs> um, the owners uh, had a horse, a trotter named Speedy Romeo. So they named the restaurant, and uh, they didn't have any gas lines in the building, so they just cook everything over wood, wood oven, wood grill. Huh. Um, and we had a pizza there with on the menu. It reads with clams, feta cheese, and kale. Which I'm. That's an exception to my no kale uh-huh. restaurants. They, 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 everybody the clams. Kale. The clams slipped. They. But uh, so the pizza comes out and the clams are still in the shell on the pizza. <laughs> um, so they put you know. So they cooked the whole thing together. It was really really neat. Really really good too. So it was like having clams on the half shell and pizza, all in one. What kind of crust? Uh, just a, a you know a thin crust. Thin crust. Thin crust. Italian style, Napoli style. Uh, so lots of good places, and we ate lots of lots of good food while we were up there. But you had Willa with you, your daughter. Did she did. have any brand new, like amazing she, bites? She did. She had Korean food for the first time. Um, we did uh, Korea down in Koreatown. She so she had Korean food for the first time, and we did lots. I mean, we did do lots of pizza because she mm-hmm. does like pizza. Mm-hmm. And you and, could um, well, yeah. But all good. You know, we went to a lot of different sort of neighborhood restaurants where we were staying in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. We stayed in uh, Bedford-Stuyvesant, lots of cool little neighborhood restaurants. And it was fun. We had a good time. Oh, it sounds good. Well, I told Tanya I would go before her. And <clears throat> she said she would just follow our leads. I told her she can do anything she wants because we we started this thinking it would be a tiny little intro. And now we've gotten so we tell more stories and sort of weave more in. But I, So my best bite of this week was uncharacteristic for me. It was sweet, but it was sweet tart. It was a gluten-free crust on a cherry pie from our own cherries. Mm. Um, and I just, and there was a long story behind it. We were having a cherry pie uh, reunion for people that helped me make my 
classic Kentucky Meals book two years ago, and two of whom live in New Zealand and just happen to be here right now. So we had a reunion and we had cherry pie. I had hoarded my cherries for this. Um, And in the meantime, our uh, fabulous, famous, local, locally based, nationally working uh, pastry chef, Stella Parks, has spent like the last four or five weeks on Serious Eats on all kinds of detailed instructions about pie. And so she has done, first of all, roasted sugar or toasted sugar um, as a thing that you would use in pie. I tried, I I included that. Then an old-fashioned flaky wheat-based pie, regular pie crust. I made two of those. And then cherry pie filling, I did it her way. And finally, she did just last week, she posted her gluten-free pastry version. And um, it just was... Wonderful, and people reported who could eat the other kind that they were good too. But that was that was my best bite of this week. And how about you, Miss Tanya Torp? Mm, I should have known not to come on this show without eating lunch first. Oh. <laughs> now I'm hungry. <laughs> well, you know, it could be the water that you had when you were thirsty one day. I mean, it's just like what strikes you at the moment is often no. the best bite. Is it the best bite actually that I've had in the last couple of weeks? was when I visited Noodle Nirvana in Berea. And it was amazing. (laughs) Was it Nirvana? It was absolute Nirvana. (laughs) Um, For those of of us listening and talking who know Mae Suramak, who used to be the executive director of the Bluegrass Rape Crisis Center, and um, decided to take a leap with her family to open a noodle restaurant. And her mom is an amazing cook, and so is Mae. And her husband's in on the deal as well. He made all the furniture in the place and helps her run it. A place you can go and hang with your friends. Mm. Um, It's decorated so lovely, and there's little side rooms where you can do family style um but the food was just impeccable where is it in berea it is near roby bookstore so it's on the main drag Uh headed towards berea college that's chestnut street Street. Uh and it is just um delightful and they've had like lines out the door oh good good because it's so popular but if Uh you can get there and taste those morsels it is are they making the noodles themselves they are actually doing a lot of locally sourced things Uh so the noodles that i had that day were from lexington pasta okay and which whom um, we love also whom we love hi hi, less me it was (laughs) so it was really delightful just to know that she locally sources as much as is possible and um a lot of the proceeds will go to charities um, of her choice so it's a it's just a great place if you get a chance noodle nirvana noodle nirvana now before we um change the subject for a minute may is someone i have never met but i have seen her as like the most beautiful best friend of many of my friends on facebook how did you two meet Oh, that's a good question. Um, I actually don't remember how we met, Ah. uh, but I don't remember not having her in my life. She is a mentor and a dear friend and an inspiration and somebody who's one of my biggest cheerleaders. So um, I want to support anything that she does. But it probably was a work thing, Uh probably related to Uh the work that I do with young moms. And um, so she's, yeah, she's a great friend. So May Suramek, shout out to you and your new place, Noodle Nirvana on Chestnut Street in Berea. And I have a feeling we'll get a few more people to pull off of 75 and head in to one of Kentucky's wondrous towns. So You won't be sorry. No, you won't. 
Well, at this point, we usually take a little break, uh, re-identify ourselves as Lexington Community Radio, and um, I'm Rona Roberts, one of the three hosts of Hot Water Cornbread, Kentucky Food Radio. I'm here with Chris Michael. We are honoring um, our Wida, who's in absentia today. I think it has something to do with some horses and some sails and some food and all of that kind of thing. Um, and we're going to take a short break and be back and delve as deeply as we can into a very deep person, uh, Tanya Torp. Radio Comunitaria Lexington is presentado usted por una beca de State Farm. State Farm ofrece seguros para vehículos, hogar y propiedad, vida y salud, y servicios financieros como planes de ahorro, planificación de patrimonio, rentas vitalicias y más. Para obtener más información o para contactar con un agente local de State Farm, visite www.statefarm.com o llame al 855-733-7333. Vivir el sueño americano, elegir una casa nueva que utiliza menos agua. Si tu próximo hogar lleva la etiqueta WaterSense, se ahorrará cerca de 10,000 galones por año. Les beneficia a usted, nuestro medio ambiente y a las generaciones futuras. Incluso si no estás en el mercado para un nuevo hogar, usted puede unirse a la campaña Wear for Water Campaign. Para obtener más información, visite www.epa.gov diagonal No ham and eggs and something about <laughs> cholesterol. Um, I um, I want to tell you a little bit more about Tanya Torp, and um, there might be some ham and eggs involved in in this because <laughs> part of her um, local profile involves some food activities, which we'll get into. But let's begin. I'll I'll begin by um, a, a little bit of a detailed introduction because you have one of the more interesting bios of anyone I've ever met, um, and more kind of covers more um, range. And so, t- to begin with, Tanya's full time job is program director at Step by Step Inc., which is an entity that encourages and equips young mothers aged thirteen to twenty four with day to day skills while encouraging them to dream outside their circumstances. That wasn't enough, so she decided that she would found her own um, organization that boosts girls, and it is called, she's the founder and CEO of Be Bold, which enables young women to realize their full potential. She developed a motto for the organization, your body is not your currency, to show young girls aged 9 to 18 that media representations of women are not realistic and are disempowering. She encourages 
them to break stereotypes and become leaders in their own community. I almost said lenders, and I think that would be accurate, too. They would be people with capital of various kinds who would um, invest in other people. As a, tra- as a trainer for the organization Lexington United, Tanya helps people acquire conflict resolution skills while building cultural competence- competency to increase unity and inclusion. She also works for food justice in her own neighborhood, which is my neighborhood. We, are, we live about two and a half blocks from each other, th- maybe three blocks from each mm-hmm. other. Um, and she advocates for healthy, organic foods and is an ambassador, along with her husband, Christian Torp, for Glean Kentucky, which is formerly Faith Feeds. And th- these are things we do plan to talk about. And if we get too distracted, we, T- Tanya's going to help me remember to get back on track and talk <laughs> about those things. They hold regular open-to-the-community pancake breakfast that began as a way to connect different members of the community and to foster diversity and inclusion. And these pan- <laughs> and the, both the pancake breakfast and Tanya and Christian are mainstays in their community. Tanya lives in the East End neighborhood, and she and Christian have two precocious cats. If we had a different show, I'd want to know about that, because <laughs> I'd just love to know what makes them particularly, in their way, precocious. Um, <clears throat> there are more things which we'll weave in, including um, re- honors and um, accolades that Tanya has earned, especially in this last year. We'll talk about them a little bit more specifically as we go. But let's start, Tanya with your life and food bio. First of all, where did you grow up? Well, I'm an Air Force brat. A lot of people don't know that about me, but I am an Air Force brat. And we kind of traveled a little bit in the, in the States. So a lot of my friends have traveled, you know, internationally and did a whole lot of traveling um, in the States. But we actually ended up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm. So I love to start my food bio there mm. because I was about maybe about five years old when we got there. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, going to this woman's house who made sopapillas mm. uh, from scratch. Mm-hmm. And we would just go and stay at her house and eat these fluffy delightful pieces of dough and she would give us honey and we would dip the honey in them and I have not had a sopapilla that good since then Mm. but I remember always thinking oh do we get to go to her house do we get to go to Tia Maria's house and we can eat these (laughs) these wonderful pieces of pastry so um that's kind of where I started and Uh then um ended up in oh Tacoma Washington uh, Maryland um, and then finally in uh, Virginia, and we settled in Hampton, Virginia at Langley Air Force Base. Do you, are you one of those Air Force brats or military kids who knows how many schools you went to? You know, you, some people say, oh, I was in 13 schools before I graduated from high school. Um, no, because we didn't travel as much. Didn't, so yeah. there was always, you know, it was summer, and then we would travel to the next place. Uh-huh. So I would get to stay in uh-huh. that school for five years or uh-huh. what have you. So Virginia, I got there in uh, sixth grade and stayed through college. So um, that was our last kind of stop. So bring, a, bring, bring us with you to Kentucky. How did you get to Lexington? Well, I was uh, doing young adult ministry in, um, in Virginia, and I really felt led and called to go to Uganda. Um, I had seen uh, the Invisible Children documentary and Mm. done a lot of volunteer work for them, uh, but then realized that I wanted to see it myself Mm -hmm. and 
wanted to move there. That was mm. my desire. And it just so turns out that while I was in Virginia, I exhausted all of my, my sources for money. Mm. <laughs> so I would ask this church and that church, can you sponsor me? And um, my mom said, why don't you come to Kentucky? There's lots of churches here. So <laughs> <laughs> Start with a fresh crop. <laughs> that's right. So that's how I ended up here. Your mother was here. My mother was here. Uh-huh. So um, as an Air Force brat, um, my father was the one that was in the Air Force and my mom, wherever you travel together back then anyway, the spouses got to get a job on the base. And so she became a civil servant. Mm. So she worked civil service for many years. So she got to travel mm-hmm. uh, just as much after, even after my dad passed. Mm. So um, she moved to Maine and she, she moved to many different places, but she ended up here. Mm-hmm. And I would visit occasionally, but wasn't you know, too excited about it because I loved where I was. Mm-hmm. But then when I got here mm-hmm. and got involved in Kentucky, mm-hmm. I am now a Kentuckian for sure. <laughs> so I like to tell people I, I wasn't born here, but I got here as soon as I could. I, I like that. And I honestly, I just assumed that when I ask you this question, you're going to say, well, I was born here and then I did this and that and the other because I really thought you are from Kentucky. So, so you are. You're, you're, you know. I am now. We've, we've grandparented you in. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> well, I, I like to say that Virginia used to be Kentucky, so um, I'm really been, been always Kentucky, and I. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, and I'm sure the people in Virginia will appreciate that we've allowed them to, you know, be part of our history instead of vice versa. Exactly. Um, are there other childhood food moments, or childhood or young adult moments um, that you want to that you think of as? like um, mileposts along the way of your food biography? Certainly. My mom's a great cook. Mm. Um, and I remember watching her make stuffing for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh. So we always do a big turkey for both of those holidays. Uh-huh. And um, there have always been tons of people at our table. Mm. So my mom thinks my husband and I, my, our lifestyle is strange that we just invite people to our table all the time. <laughs> but I tell her I got it from her. Uh-huh. Um, being in the Air Force, all of these young airmen would end up at our homes because they had nowhere else to go mm. and they wanted a home-cooked meal. Mm-hmm. So we're, there were always people sitting at our table that were that were welcomed. Mm. And so I remember that stuffing. Um, her stuffing is cornbread-based with sausage mm. and made, uh, you start in a big um, iron skillet. So you start there. Mm-hmm. And just remember watching her do that. And I've tried to perfect the recipe and mm. like get it down. Mm-hmm. And my mom just makes it better than I do every single time. <laughs> She's not telling you something. <laughs> She's, not, you know? <laughs> She's planning a small business and she does not want to give away <laughs> the details of the stuffing business. But I'm telling you, all of my friends are like, oh my gosh, your mom's stuffing. I'm coming just for that. Oh, <laughs> I think that's my favorite part of, of the holiday too is the stuffing. Although if it, if because now I can't eat gluten, if people put biscuits, some my my former parents in law, my mother in law made it with she saved up biscuits as well as cornbread mm. in the freezer, so bits across you know across all fall, and that was really a, it was a Sissy Greg recipe. Sissy Greg was a uh, one of the Courier Journal famous Courier Journal food. Uh, editors probably from the late 40s and early 50s, I think. Mm-hmm. And so her recipe had both of those leftover because stuffing was originally a thing you made out of leftover so as not to waste. Yeah. And then, and I've always had to make the cornbread from scratch because I've never had any just sort of handily in my freezer. Yeah. And now, of course, people buy big packages of stuff and start from the bot, but that's not as good. Oh, not in my mother's house. That does no. not happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's got standards that's and right. she sticks to them. That's right. Well, let's talk a little bit about food, neighborhood, and community. You and Christian, your, ho- your husband, host regular community breakfasts at your house on Elm Tree Lane. 
and they they have a name and they have a history and then you i think you've adopted and adapted them could you talk about them a little bit sure so we lived in the east end oh gosh we've been married for almost six years so um he moved there before i did before we got married and i helped pick the place where he was going to move because I knew I was going to get married. So I wanted to, <laughs> didn't want to move into a bachelor pad. So. Uh-huh. Um, and we just fell in love with our neighbors. We moved into the community thinking, oh, we want to make a difference and because there's so much poverty. Um, and then we got there and we realized, you know, there's a, so much wealth. There's mm-hmm. wealth of relationships and mm-hmm. um, just a wealth of the, the things that people can do in mm-hmm. our neighborhood. And um, so it's just been wonderful. But we moved on Ohio Street and lived there for several years and looked and looked and looked for a home because we knew we wanted to make the East End our, our home. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had some acquaintances that we'd met through um, a faith community we belong to called Communality. You've had some of the guests on here that were part yes, of Yes, I think without Communality, Lexington just probably wouldn't exist anymore. So, And especially the whole food and uh, food justice component Definitely. is so influenced by Communality people. Definitely. So thank you for mentioning we Communality. Were, we were to- totally, and completely, totally and completely blessed um, to be able to... Um, be a part of commonality and just started to meet people and talk to people and um, they introduced us to this couple who owned our house that we live in now and they uh, invited us once to come to breakfast that they did regularly on Saturday and there was a couple people there and it was people from across the street who were neighbors and a couple of their friends from church and it was just a lot of fun to meet people that we hadn't Mm -hmm. met before Um, and I remember sitting there looking around the house and thinking how gorgeous it was. And my husband, we left and he said, one day I'm going to buy you a house like that. It won't be anytime (laughs) soon, but one day I'll buy you a house like that. Famous Um, prophetic words. Yeah, it was great. Um, And they'd given us a tour of the garden (laughs) and everything. And so he was really excited. Um, Fast forward a couple of years, they decided to move um, to Atlanta and asked if we would want to buy their home. Now, we've been looking for a home for about three years, Mm. Um, put offers on and offers fell through and all kinds of things. And so when this happened, we said, okay, you know, this is our dream home. So Uh we're going to buy it. Um, and uh, before we did the closing on the home, they allowed Christian to come over and plant our garden. So it was several months before the closing. And mm-hmm. so we, the, when we moved in, it was our garden um, that was already blooming. And, and Was it your front was yard great. garden or do you have one in the back? It was well? in the back, uh-huh. the backyard garden. So we hadn't thought about the front yard garden yet. But um, so the breakfast came about because they had already had a breakfast with a few of the friends and, and you know, close friends close friends. And um, when they announced that they were selling the home to us on Facebook, someone remarked, well, what about the breakfast? And I said, all right, we got to keep this breakfast going. (laughs) So it is uh, called Heinz Breakfast in honor of John and Catherine Heinz, who used to own the home. Wow, that is so sweet. And they're in Atlanta now. They're in Atlanta. So what happens at a typical Heinz breakfast? So we unlock the door and we put a sign because our doorbell doesn't work. And we put a sign out that says, just walk in. You're welcome. All are welcome here. Mm -hmm. And um, you walk in and there's a a system to it. Mm -hmm. You grab a mug and grab coffee or hot tea or water, whichever you prefer. Some of the children want milk. So we can do that. Um, And then you sit at the table. And you just meet the most amazing people from your community. And that is the purpose of it, is that we 
just build a community. So, um, and while you're sitting there, I will ask you, do you want pancakes or waffles? And I make them from scratch. Um, and then we have also added gluten-free as well <laughs> for our gluten-free friends. So I will, uh, I ask my gluten-free friends to let me know either early in the morning or the day before that you're going to need gluten-free uh-huh. so I can make batter for uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Um, and we just, there have been relationships started at our table. There have been nonprofits that began at our table just from people who had never met one another before walking in and sitting down um, and just talking to each other. That uh, is so powerful. It's a place for introverts and extroverts. It's a place for gay or straight, Christian atheists. Everybody sits around the table together. It's a long table, too. It's a long it's, table. It's, so it accommodates a whole lot of people. Do you, I mean, do you ever have too many people and they have to stand or <laughs> go sit on the front steps? Well, the very first breakfast that we had, there was 125 people. Oh, yeah, probably up. a few more than your table could hold <laughs> Did you have enough pancakes? So, we we made it work. Um, they, Loaves and fishes. They came in shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my mother-in-law and my mother in the kitchen and my friend Sarah Beth and several people were just uh, helping me uh, get the get the pancakes out. But it was it was a lot of fun. Um, we normally have anywhere from fifteen to thirty-five people that show up on a regular mm-hmm. basis, but sometimes it's a little more crowded than others, mm-hmm. and we just make room. Before we leave the breakfast. Um, I want to ask if you have theories about why what seems fairly simple and straightforward, although I would have to say that homemade pancakes and waffles are not exactly straightforward and simple. They're doable for all the people we're always encouraging to be home cooks. They're doable, but they're not the easiest food in the world. Uh, But all that aside, what, what, what are your theories about why pancakes, waffles, coffee, milk, water around a table change people, change communities, change contexts, contexts, and help um, people move in directions that they may have already been interested in, but weren't going yet? I think it's the simplicity of it. Hmm. It is um, sitting around the table with your parents. It's, you know, remembering those Saturday morning cartoons and Mm. those pancakes that mom made for you or that kind of thing. I think it's just the simplicity and it's the ease as well. When you walk in, you're in need of nothing, Mm. right? Mm. So there's the bathroom if you need it. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's some things that we've placed out for you and we're going to take care of you. Mm. And I think um, people need that. They Mm. need a space where they're taken care of, Mm -hmm. where they don't have to worry about anything and they're welcomed. Mm. Um, My husband says he refuses to do the breakfast when I'm not there because I'm the extrovert and he's the introvert. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also the greeting as well. Mm -hmm. Like You are welcome here. Mm -hmm. Let me introduce you to some people you've never met and you know, you're just going to be talking and, and it happens. Nothing's ever awkward. There's always somebody who's more outgoing than someone else who, who leads the conversation or, you know, and, and give space. I think there, it's a lot about holding space as well. My friends often notice those who don't talk much, you know, so they'll bring them into the conversation, hmm. which is really great. So mm-hmm. people have become so familiar and comfortable that this is the place. And then, of course, because the door's open, anybody mm-hmm. walks in. So mm-hmm. we have, uh, we've had the mayor over and we've had several people who are unhomed mm-hmm. come over and people who need food have mm-hmm. come to the door mm-hmm. and asked. Um, and then they've sat down at the table like, what is this? This is crazy. Um, but then they leave with a new friend. So right. I think it's just the simplicity and the welcome. Well, it's really, it's really amazing, and I'm trying to think what time you get up on those Saturday mornings and get started, <laughs> which is such a gift of love to other people then who don't have to get up 
and yet are going to have homemade pancakes, waffles, and friendship for breakfast. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Let's take a little break, and we're going to talk about more after the break, about more of the food justice work and other work that you do. Amazing Tanya Torp in our community. I'm Rona Roberts with Kentucky Food Radio. Hola, soy Miranda, y usted está escuchando 95.7 WLXLLTFM, El Pulso Latino. Cause making hella pancakes is my only mission Cause stop my hand from twitching and itching My wrist is hella strong cause I've been up flipping And kicking all night long Why you think I even took the time to write this song Let me tell you how I get it done One cup of flour, four tablespoons of baking powder Two tablespoons of sugar so it doesn't taste sour Add a dead baby chicken, throw the shell in some foil So it doesn't spoil Two tablespoons of oil, one cup of milk from a cow's nipple You stir it together until it starts to dribble And if you work out hard, you can flip them by the triple Without the right ingredients, you end up in a pickle Take on a date, you're second rate, check them when they flip too late. So when they're served, your pancakes can't break the plate. Your pancakes create hate, mine can't expand lakes, cause it's just that great. All I'm saying is I'm the pancake champion. You can tell cause my hand is cramping, my fingers aren't dampening, and my mouth's about to snap. Enough bragging, let's get back to the recipe. You gotta trust there is no You are back with Lexington Community Radio Hot Water Cornbread. We are here. It's Tuesday afternoon, and we are here. And uh, talking about breakfast, and I had to play my pancake song. Yeah, which I was waiting was, to play that one. It was a really great pancake <laughs> song. And Chris said while we were on break that pancakes are a special food, mm-hmm. um, and having people make them for you is is a special thing. And I noticed that my little um, 
my smallest grandchildren, three and one in D.C., their parents do pancakes on special days with them. So they're learning to crack eggs and make mm. pancakes. And uh, and I love that. I think they'll associate pancakes with incredible happiness. <laughs> I will say, giving a shout out to Weisenberger Mills, uh-huh. that's the only flour that I use. Uh-huh. Um, we Logo. buy the big 20-pound bags, uh-huh. and uh, it lasts us a couple weeks. <laughs> And they, Weisenberger uh, gets its wheat in Kentucky and mills it um, near Midway in a beautiful historic mill. Still water-powered with electro-turbines. They're yeah. you actually can, go pick it up. You can try to take a tour, but they get a little gr- grumpy sometimes. Yeah, they let, they let, um, <laughs> it's Sarah, very small in there, actually. It's, it's lovely and very flowery. They let Sarah Jane Sanders and me take a complete tour. They took us all over when I was working on my, on my cookbook. It was like, this is a reason enough to make a book. Because they let us in like all the way to the top. and It was lovely. My you know, husband would love that because he actually drives to the mill and picks it up for me. So we don't go to the store and get the flour. We go straight to the mill. Uh-huh. Something special about that. Uh-huh. Well, um, tell him to write a book and include them in it and they'll let him, <laughs> they'll let him go everywhere. Oh, my goodness. Well, Tanya Torp, um, community activist, Par excellence, you and Christian Torp have a front food, a front yard food garden, and it is lovely and productive. You are ambassadors for Glean Kentucky, which includes helping distribute high-quality food for free to people who need it, and it includes also, I think, slowly, carefully, lovingly, patiently influencing the corner grocery store across the street from you, so that they have become, mm-hmm. I think, part of the Glean Kentucky and distribute food solution. Um, can we talk about the vision behind all of this food work that the two of you do? Which is not, by the way, your either first or second job. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, so the vision actually came from our neighbors. When we moved into the neighborhood, we thought um, there might be certain problems just because of poverty. So we had these like preconceived notions about what the issues might have been. And then um, thanks to communality and good advice from all of those folks, they said, get to know your neighbors and just be a good neighbor and it will happen. Mm. And so as we're talking to neighbors, we're finding out there was a wonderful woman on Ohio Street across the street from me, Mrs. Chestnut, who let me know um, she had put all of her children through college on her own. And she learned how to fix cars and do all kinds of things. So she taught her son mechanics of vehicles. And I love um, that she had worked several jobs for years to put all of her kids through college. Mm. And um, she was telling me that her food stamps that she got was about 15 to $20 a month. And Mm. that she wasn't doing well Mm -hmm. with eating Mm -hmm. and um, that did it for me Mm -hmm. that this amazing powerhouse of a woman who I loved sitting on her porch talking to her didn't have enough to eat Mm -hmm. and started researching um, folks that didn't have enough to eat in Kentucky and found out uh, that one in six go to bed hungry every night in Kentucky and that was um, heartbreaking for me because a lot of them are my neighbors so the vision was let's feed our neighbors Um, And we wanted to do it a little bit differently because we don't want to create a soup kitchen. That's Mm -hmm. not what the purpose of of it is. We Mm -hmm. wanted to create community around it Mm -hmm. so that we can sit with Mrs. Chestnut as we always do at our table Mm -hmm. and have a good time just being neighbors without it being a power um, structure mm-hmm. where we were lording power over we her. We were the by, beneficent donors right. and she's always the, and she's the recipient. Yeah, right, it right. was more like um, the vision is, 
hey, let's get these fruits and vegetables into our neighborhood and let's cook them together and share recipes and Mm. that kind of thing. And that's exactly what happened. We found Glean, Kentucky. Um, My husband was hiking the Appalachian Trail and a friend of mine, uh, Katie Lines, um, introduced me to Glean, Kentucky. And at the time, they were doing a lot of gathering um, fruits and vegetables and that kind of thing from the farmer's markets. Mm -hmm. And the farmers would, at the end of the day, if they weren't going to be able to sell it somewhere else, kick it composted and that kind of thing, or their own families would eat it. And they approached these farmers and said, would you be willing to share this produce with people who are hungry in Kentucky? And to their credit, these farmers were absolutely on board. And so um, this wonderful group of Green Kentucky folks, uh, I, I found them and started like researching them and started having relationships with them, which was really great. And um, we got to talking one day and talked about, you know, food insecurity. And those who worked hard and worked 40 hours a week in my neighborhood and still couldn't afford the food. And um, so we talked about what can we do about that. And we created the ambassador program together. So there's several uh, neighborhoods right now that have ambassadors. And the ambassadors go and pick up the fruits and vegetables from different um, places, like even Lucky's, new, the new place in town, mm-hmm. gives, gives to this endeavor. And they, we go pick it up and bring it back to our neighborhood. And we know who's, who's really hungry. So we you know, make baskets for them. My husband makes baskets for certain neighbors who are shut in or who just don't have a lot. Um, So every week they will get a basket from him. And then we've set some out on the street for anybody who walks by in our Mm -hmm. neighborhood. Um, And we look at it as, as, as dignity as well, because we have a lot of people in our neighborhood who don't want to come and knock on the door and ask for anything. So we want to make sure that it's just available to them. So that's kind of how it started. Um, and from there, like Mrs. Chestnut, uh, her her son loved apples. So we would make sure, okay, pull those apples for Mr. Chestnut because you know he's going to want apples. And we'd take him apples and then he would do baked apples and bring them over and say, I made you all these baked apple cobbler. Or oh, I wow. made you this baked apple mm-hmm. thing. And so it was a reciprocity mm-hmm. and it wasn't a power thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really making us powerful as neighbors together. Um, and so then um, Todd Johnson from um, recently from Green, Green Kentucky started to talk to my husband about can we make build relationships um, in the community with maybe some of the stores and I know um, Jeremy Porter was already doing that and Ryan Cook was already doing that and Tweens Coalition these are was food doing hero that. names and food some of heroes. some of them we've had here they yes. are my heroes yes they um, are mine too and great great friends and neighbors to me and and to Christian and so. We started having those conversations with Tween Col- Tweens Coalition and, and talking to our friends. And they said, you know, get with that market. And so they started going in and making relationship. And after long, my husband started buying bologna there. I hate bologna and my husband loves it. So he would go over there and patronize <laughs> the place. Well, everybody should get something. Right? Out of, you know, mutual self-interest <laughs> is the best power yeah. for progress. <laughs> so he figured the way to get to the folks who owned the market was to shop at the market. Uh-huh. So he would go over and purchase things and mm-hmm. go and talk to them. And just over the last three years, he's made a relationship with them. And they have recently allowed for Glean Kentucky Produce to be placed in the corner market store, which is where most people get their groceries in our neighborhood. And people can come in and get them for free. So they put this space Mm -hmm. in their store, particularly for people who are hungry. And we pick the produce up and my husband makes sure it's good and takes it over. Which could be seen as, as, in a way, it could be seen as competing with them for food that they're selling. But in fact, what they're doing is participating in the community um, and helping people have enough to eat. Exactly. And so I, I believe that 
the breakfast, having Heinz breakfast mm-hmm. helps with that. I mm-hmm. believe that just the community love that we've sh- shared and they've shared with us has mm-hmm. been amazing. Uh, we have a, a great neighbor. Um, Maria and Nacho are, are amazing neighbors and they told us they love jalapenos. So we pull jalapenos for them <sighs> and then they make us the soup or they make us like tortillas or they oh. just make us some amazing food. Uh-huh. So we kind of share back uh-huh. and forth and that's what, that's what it's all about for us. Well, let's name a couple of names. First, let's name the name of the corner store. So it's F&D Market on the corner of Elm Tree Lane and Fifth Street. Um, and F&D are, they're wonderful to us and they've been wonderful to our neighbors. So please patronize F&D Market. Shout out to them. <laughs> and then about Glean, Kentucky, I was quickly and, and, and furtively trying to look this up, but I didn't. I think Glean, Kentucky's fundraiser is coming right up. Burgers and Beats? Burgers and Beats. Is it Sunday? It is Sunday. Okay, so we will post on our Hot Water Cornbread Facebook page the event information, and we will encourage people to go. I I have remembered it, but not really. We are going to be away, so we can't go. But it is a wonderful fundraising event, and it helps Glean Kentucky. And we haven't really said what Glean Kentucky does. Do you want to... Yeah, I will give a shout out to them, too, because they're amazing. (laughs) So they they do um, work with local farmers um, and then, you know, um, folks who produce their own food uh, and say, grow an extra row or an extra two rows so that we can feed our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And so um, and they do they work in community gardens along with seed leaf and others. um, And then they take that produce and they share it and distribute it to places that serve the hungry. Um, and then, uh, of course, from there became the ambassador program as well. So uh, ambassadors like Christian and myself mm-hmm. and, uh, and many others will also take that food and, and dole it out. So in a way, they're like a classic Wendell Berry, take two problems and put them together and you get a solution uh, kind of thing. Because, so the problems were food waste um, at, at, on farms and markets, originally at, right. at, at farms and in uh, grocery stores, and um, hunger. Yes. And so if they're linked by distribution, then, and, and by distribution and, well, that's what it is, getting the food in people's hands. Exactly. So you have not, not two problems, but something um, that that is um, a good, <laughs> you have a good thing. Yeah. Um, we yeah. waste something like 40% of our food in America. So to see that waste that, you know, it's perfectly good. It's not, you know, dumpster diving right. <laughs> by any means. But no, it's perfectly beautiful. great, beautiful, amazing produce to be passed out to people who really need it. I think Glean Kentucky has a Facebook page. I know Tanya Tork do. does. And I've seen pictures of the boxes of beautiful food that come uh, to the ambassadors for distribution. So uh, we want people to be, to be encouraged and to know more about that, um, that work. Um, <coughs> Let's move a little bit in the direction of the things that you do, uh, both for a living and out of your other sense of mission. Um, This would be Step by Step and Be Bold. Does food play a role in either of those efforts? Definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So um, Step by Step is an organization where we work with young moms ages 13 to 24. Um, And we work to empower them and love them and support them through the things that they go through. And many of them come to us with very broken situations. So they come to us either they're hungry, they don't have enough food in their own pantries, um, or they're homeless, or um, maybe even they're just trying to finish school and can't seem to do it with a baby on their hip, and mm-hmm. they just need some support. And so um, the food justice role plays is pretty big in that as well, because so many of my young moms get produce from Glean, Kentucky, or mm-hmm. um, I'll write uh, referrals to God's Pantry, and so many of them don't just don't have enough. Mm-hmm. And so that 
food justice carries over from the food justice in my neighborhood mm-hmm. into these young women. Um, and the same with Be Bold. A lot of the young ladies, Be Bold, I started for young young girls um, ages 9 to 18 to empower them and let them know that the media perceptions of beauty are vastly skewed, but to also help them to set goals and reach them. And so um, those young ladies as well that come, many are from my neighborhood and other neighborhoods where food justice is an issue where they can't get to a grocery store they don't have transportation that kind of thing no healthy fruits and vegetables in their neighborhoods and and that kind of thing as well so it definitely is a driving force Mm -hmm. um and then uh we use food in both of those uh arenas to talk about starting your own small business so we have had chef renata come (laughs) and she's coming again this year to be bold which is on october 1st at transylvania university and she's coming to talk about what it means to start your own business if you love making food and how hard it is, but also how rewarding. Um, And then we've also had Chef Ashley Minton come from Minton's at 760 and she's come and done the same thing and just inspired these young women that they can, that they can do it. At Renata, Chef Renata is at, um, originally was at Lexington Diner and now has expanded. They cater and they have this new place called the Creative Table, I think, which is not a restaurant, but more of a I'm not sure, a commissary and special event space on Pasadena. Anyway, their empire is expanding. <laughs> yes, it is. And they are um, amazing people. Just amazing. Well, um, and I, I, I want to mm-hmm. shout out to Dan Wu as well, because he came and did this amazing. Um, he taught the, the girls that they could love fruits and vegetables by coming to cook for them at one of our Be Bold. So mm, that's uh, important. Dan Wu is, Dan Wu is often amazing. at the heart of a very, very powerful and important yes. um, progressive things that happen in here. He was very gracious. He brought his daughter and they both cooked cooked with us, so it was great. Nice. Dan Wu is our fellow um, host at Lexington Community Radio of a show called Culinary Evangelist that's on live Wednesday afternoons at 3. Um, and he's just a fine um, human and communitarian. Yes. He is. Um, and speaking of those things, I am going to, um, I want to just let people know that this year alone, you've won these two really big prizes acknowledging your work, uh, Tanya. One was the Algernon Sidney Sullivan Medallion, which is the University of Kentucky's highest recognition uh, for people who are serving their community, their state, their world in in important ways. I think the language that the university uses is that you are living your life according to ideals of heart, mind, and conduct, as evince a spirit of love for and helpfulness to other men and women. Um, You also won the Lauren K. Weinberg Humanitarian of the Year Award, um, which is Lexington's, uh, Lexington Community's highest honor, as far as I know, for people who are uh, leaders in community service. So, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. And congratulations again. Thank you. how does recognition like this help you in your work? It's um, recognition is a double-edged sword. Mm. Um, on one hand, um, it is incredibly humbling and um, satisfying in some ways that the work is getting out there. So people hear about step by step. They hear about Be Bold. They hear about our home and the breakfast, the Heinz breakfast, through these avenues that might not have heard about mm-hmm. them before. Mm-hmm. Um, But on the other end of it, I know that I do none of this alone. 
So when you're accepting an award, when you know that you have a team of people behind you mm -hmm. that love this community and have mm -hmm. poured into you, mm -hmm. um, you you almost want to get all of them up on the stage <laughs> with you and give them the uh -huh. award uh -huh. because I don't I never stand alone. I'm never alone in this work that I do, and I think people need to uh, recognize and understand that that um, there's a team of people who pour love into me, who tell me you need to do self care, you're not doing enough of it, uh -huh. who um, uh, support me on a regular basis, including my husband Christian Torp who is just my best friend and love but also just as championing as this of this community as I am in many ways and so um, I think that's the double-edged sword is that you you really want to make sure that everyone else is lifted up mm -hmm. well I do want to challenge you on the statement that you're never alone because I think recently you wrote some about some experiences of being quite alone <laughs> in your backyard trying very hard to live up to Christian Torp's standards of care for the chickens, the bunnies, and I really don't know what else. And if those things are accessible, we'll link to them because they were the best comedy I have read in quite a while. But, uh, but not that I wanted, it was comedy kind of painful because it, it sounded so hard. And I'm personally afraid of chickens. And I, you know, I'm afraid of 500 gallon watering cans or whatever. <laughs> um, but you want to say anything about that? Do you want to, do you want to call out Christian Torp for having had to go away for a little bit yes. and leave you all alone? My wonderful husband decided that he wanted to do an urban farm and he is um, uh, an attorney in Lexington who does uh, there's also a law office in our home among all of these other things and in his law office I call him Atticus Finch not the new one right. from To Kill a Mockingbird Atticus yes, Finch yes. The, real, um, the real one <laughs> the real one um, because he's he's been paid in groceries that people did go dumpster diving for to mm. pay for his law services mm. um, people that can't afford um, a good attorney and he uh, he bends over backwards and he's just amazing for his clients but um, he decided that he also wanted to do an urban farm among mats <laughs> with those <laughs> other things that he does um, and we have chickens um, we have rabbits we started with five we now have like 40 because um, they do what rabbits do um, and we have bees um, and um, there are snakes in the backyard but I don't think we invited them um, and two precocious cats so mm. it's a lot mm -hmm. and he adores it that is where he um, gets his self care hmm. I on the other hand find that roughing it for me would be um, a downgraded room at the Hilton. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so right, you'd have a regular bed instead of instead of a, a king's size bed. Exactly, yeah. uh -huh. exactly. And so I am the, the city girl and uh -huh. he is the country boy. And um, so when he goes away, I occasionally will try to help him as much as possible take care of the yard. And um, I will allow you to link those blog posts that I made because we did, I tried on my own to take care of these chickens and they escaped onto the next street and I had to call my dear friend Jeremy Porter God bless Jeremy Porter because I said come help me with this parent's chicken oh this it, you know you were I was laughing but I was also kind of in pain for you um, because well, those mean, are free range chickens they, exactly oh they ranged and boy did they range so they were over on the next street and I'm knocking on people's doors I don't know I'm like can I get back there and abandon homes and um, so Jeremy was a was a trooper and then uh, Pedro Santiago helped me this time when he went to the Whippoorwill Festival for four days uh, Pedro came over and lovingly helped me um, so yeah I'm not um, an urban farmer it's good to have it's good to have someone lined up now now yes. we know this now 
yes. But I am not an urban farmer. My husband is. Uh-huh. I'm married to one. Um, but I do enjoy cooking the produce, and I know that he loves it. And I love that um, what we eat comes from our yard yes, a lot. Yes. So that's also great. Yes. Now, what's happening with all those rabbits? Well... Coca Van and yeah. um, <laughs> pride and fricasseed and barbecued Good. and uh, they are quite tasty. Um, so I have a lot of vegan friends. So apologies to the vegans, but um, they yeah they're they're delightfully yummy. So I don't go back there and look at them because they're terribly cute too. So I don't even like they have no names. When he brings no. things into the house, mm-hmm. they look like they came from Kroger, and mm-hmm. that is my rule. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't bring the cute bunny in the <laughs> no, house. No, please do not. So he he honors that. <laughs> He honors my rule. Quick little sidebar before I ask you the last big question for the show. And that is, I heard yesterday about a roaming free-range rooster over Mm -hmm. on um, Hampton Court and Ross. And where two different people feed this rooster, but it doesn't seem to belong to anyone. And I heard that this is true in several neighborhoods in Lexington. Have you heard of this? The rooster phenomenon? I have seen the rooster phenomenon. And I have also seen a goat in my neighborhood. (gasps) Um, So we are not allowed to have goats. Nor roosters because of the no- noise ordinance, and that's the only reason because of the roosters. But so we do not have roosters; mm-hmm. we just have the hens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen tail and heard literally tail of roosters in uh-huh. the neighborhood, and we don't we don't mind them. But they often people say, "Well, can we bring our rooster over to, you know, be with your chickens?" Uh-huh. And, and we're like, "Well, <laughs> a conjugal but, visit, right?" And Christian says, "He says no because we don't know what's going to come out. <laughs> we want to mix the chicken breed up." So yeah, our good friend. Uh, um, the, the, um, Happy Place Organics. She has chickens, and she had one rooster. And now she has five. She's <gasps> like, "Oh, I only want one." <laughs> right? Aren't they? <clears throat> aren't they hard on each other? Roosters? Yeah. Well, I mean, she doesn't. You know, they're hard to get rid of too. If you, there is rooster stew. They're not nice. I mean, um, we you know, no, they fight with one another. They do. Yes, they, I had, they we don't had taste. They don't up. taste good. I think the first year that the Steam Academy was open. They decided that they were going to do chickens with their students. and This is know, where we're sitting right now. We're in we the basement sitting. of the STEAM Academy, a, a local high school. And yes. then they realized that chickens grow up. <laughs> Baby chicks grow up. So they had to call upon the Torp Farm, oh. uh, as my husband calls it, Amos Farms, um, to come and, and help them with the chickens because they realized cute baby chicks grow up. So did you acquire we chickens acquired or did them. you acquire um, chicken for dinner? We acquired chickens. So chickens. They're, they're still with oh. us. Oh. <laughs> so all those students that might be listening. How many chickens? They're still with, uh, I think we're at, right now we might have 24. Oh uh, my goodness, you have a lot of eggs then. Yes, we give them to the neighbors all the time. Those are the like one of the most wonderful neighborhood gifts. Yes. Well, here's here's the last question I would like to ask you to, to think about out loud. Um, you have a really intimate and uh, deep knowledge of food-based initiatives and food justice in Lexington. What food-based initiatives right now are most promising to you in Lexington or beyond? So many. How good. Um, So definitely Seedleaf has been around in the main stable for a long time. And Ryan Cook and Jody Cook are just... Oh, they're lovely, lovely yes, they people. Are. They and, are. They um, are blessed angels. Some of my heroes, mm-hmm. definitely. And they have a program called the Seeds Program, which you might have talked about before. But young people learning about food justice and learning how to grow their own food in our community, mm-hmm. um, I think that's incredibly promising because those young people are still growing things um, and they'll carry on those things. So I didn't learn from my grandmother these things mm-hmm. um, that I should have learned but I'm a city girl mm-hmm. uh, but my husband learned these things and so I'm learning from him but these kids get to learn in our neighborhood from people like Jeremy and and um, folks like the cooks 
who really, you know, have, have paved the way. So that is incredibly promising during the summer, those, those youth get together. Um, I also think um, the Tweens Coalition, um, now mm-hmm. headed by Jeremy Porter, mm-hmm. um, good friend, um, is really amazing because they're doing a lot of CSA type work um, in our community where people can afford it. <laughs> so I think that's really great where I've got neighbors who don't make very much at all who are able to afford fresh produce um, <laughs> from these efforts that they're making. Th- those are called, are we, are we talking about the New Roots? Yes. Um, fresh Stops. So Heather They have Hyden so many different names. Well. Yes, Heather Hyden has um, been on our show. And Maya Price. And, <laughs> you know, so those wonderful, wonderful people are making it affordable for people to have fresh fruits and vegetables that are grown by local farmers. So they're just supporting the farmers who are also supporting these folks who, um, uh, may, may not afford to be able to go to the farmer's market, you know? Um, but there's also some initiatives at the farmer's market right now where um, some of my young single moms are able to use their SNAP benefits to go get fresh, fresh produce. So they asked me um, recently, Miss Tanya, can we please take a field trip to the farmer's market? So my girls uh-huh. are like excited about uh-huh. going to the farmer's market. Uh-huh. Um, so we're going to try to make that happen. Transportation's an issue, but we're going to try to make that happen because they're thrilled th- about the opportunity to take their kids to the farmer's market. And so, so. this is, they're taking advantage of the of the fairly new, two, second year, second summer, I think, Bluegrass Double Dollars uh, initiative, which doubles a certain amount, every, I think almost every day they can do this, of their SNAP benefits as yes. long as they're spending it on Kentucky-grown produce, I exactly. believe. Exactly, which right? is beautiful. Yeah, uh-huh. so um, Andrea James and Bluegrass Community Foundation spearheaded those efforts, and so our community gets to reap those benefits of that. So that that's incredibly wonderful here just locally things that are being done but i also looked at this program in boston that i thought was really Mm. awesome and this program is called the food project and they have the root crew and the root crew's youth that are teaching food justice so they teach classes on food justice to adults in the community um, and other children other youth don't they aren't they the ones too that have the roving work teams of, yes of and so Be- this was one of the biggest inspirations to becca self before she got involved in seed leaf and of course now in food chain and so i've heard about it but i've actually never seen myself and i've not been to boston to look at this it's but really amazing. i love the root crew idea it's yeah and and it's so in our community who who's the future is you know our our youth and I'm on the um, executive committee of Kentuckians for the Commonwealth, which is one of my favorite organizations in all of Kentucky. If you've not checked them out, check them out. Um, And they're big into definitely youth-led initiatives as well. And a lot of our friends uh, in eastern Kentucky are having to move away because there aren't jobs. And um, they're starting to move back when they do small businesses and some of its small agricultural businesses. Right, which is wonderful. Right. And so oftentimes, even here in Lexington, people are moving away because it's getting more and more expensive to live here. And things like this, initiatives like this, keep mm-hmm. our youth interested in being mm-hmm. here um, and, and prepare them for having jobs here that they can stay for, so that they can stay. So we... Tanya Torp, we're going to have to say goodbye, but before we do, let's say about this project from Boston called the Food Project and the Roots Crew and the other things that they do that we have um, um, learning that we can do from them and um, maybe ideas that we can import and customize and bring home into Mm -hmm. central Kentucky that they've been doing that we might be able to also do. It sounds like to me anyway. Definitely. And I learned so much from neighborhood folks like Felice and Thad Salmon Mm -hmm. and um, definitely from um, Steve and Luella Pavey and others who 
look at our youth and try to train them up in the things that they want to be trained mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. and um, let them pave the way because they are our future. Mm. We live in a good place. We do. Tanya Torp, indescribable person, it was involved in so many good aspects of Lexington and with vision for where we can yet go. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Rona Roberts. I'm uh, here with Chris Michael, um, and we shout out again to Weta, who couldn't be here today on Hot Water Cornbread Kentucky Food Radio, and I think we're saying goodbye. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye, Tanya. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'd been doing it that way up until this last time. I just felt like changing it all of a sudden. I don't know why. I don't know why. Okay. Tempo. Breaking bread, breaking bread We are gathered here together to break bread Breaking bread, breaking bread We are gathered here together to break bread It's not the barley or the wheat It's not the oven or the heat That makes this bread so good to eat It's the kneading and the sharing That makes the meal complete Breaking bread, breaking bread We are gathered here together to break bread ¿Te gusta la radio? 